You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wanted a head or a, a defensive coordinator job. Um, I don't know that the Rams would have given it to him. Maybe because then their defensive coordinator be the become the head coach for the Chargers. Chargers. Yep. Brandon yeah. Staley. Yeah, Staley. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Joe Barry could have tried to get the Rams defensive coordinator position, but mm-hmm. um, hey, he's ours now. And I made the yep. comment. I was on. Matt Ramage page asking about this Packers team and what to, what to look forward to and stuff. And mm-hmm. I made one comment and I told him, you know, this might, you know, even though we lost to Devante, which is going to suck. Um, yeah. I feel like this could be the best team in a long time because we actually have somebody coaching the special teams. We actually have somebody controlling the defense. Barry can go over there. And then we, LaFleur can just focus solely on offense and just kind of mm-hmm. deal with that aspect. So we got it broken up into thirds and hopefully the special team takes a big leap. I'm very excited for the Packers this year. I think, you know, I think they're going to lose more games than they did, but I think we're all going to be better. That's really how I feel. I mean, like, seven and five season and the yep. three seed in the NFC, like, I'm not worried about it. Neither am I. If we have to go play a game on the road, might actually be a good thing for us. Face a little bit of adversity. Instead of having that mindset, oh, mm-hmm. it comes through us, comes through us, comes through us. That hasn't worked mm-hmm. well. Let's, you know, it's time to freaking buckle up the chin straps and go earn some shit, dog. It's, it's time. It's been too many damn years. Like, I'm, I'm ready for this next championship. <laughs> what's up, James? Well, How you doing, James? Um, got a lot of baseball talk today is what's up. A lot of baseball talk. Um, but before we get started on another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday, Jake and I are just having a little bit of Packers discussion before we started the show. Um, we want to put out there again, we are very, very excited to begin our partnership with Wisco Ball, um, the sports apparel company. Um, they have a lot of Wisconsin sports themed apparel, and uh, they are going to be the official carrier of merchandise as far as apparel is concerned for Wisco Fanatics. So um, we're really excited to start working with them. Um, hopefully soon we'll have a, a link to put out there so we can um, start getting people supporting the show that want to help us out and 
and help the show out. So um, thank you in advance to anybody who who ends up getting some stuff to support the Wisco Fanatics and to wear wear stuff that's got our brand on it. Because um, I don't think a year and a half ago when Jake and I started this that we would have ever thought that that's the point that we'd be at, that we're like, hey, people want to wear a shirt that's got a, a logo on it that represents the show that we do every Wednesday. So um, it's very cool, I got to say. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to start. This is a, with this a little story time real quick. Oh, go ahead. So on on Sunday, uh, I was really tired on Saturday. It was a long weekend. Hope everybody had a safe Memorial Day weekend, by the way. I worked a long time, almost 13 hours, and was just putting salt everywhere, putting salt everywhere. So we didn't do the laundry because we were all tired and hot and just done with the day. So Sunday, I had to go to work, and I actually had to wear a Wisco Fanatics T-shirt that I own. And I had a couple people come up to me like, oh, that's cool. What is that? What is that? And I actually. She got recognized by somebody, and I texted oh. Tyler. Oh, yeah, that's right. This was the second time I got recognized. Yeah, Jake's, Jake is fucking famous already. It's like, recognizes me. It's like a surreal moment. I just go up to random people and just start talking. You know, we were talking basketball, and she was actually a Celtics fan. But I for, I forgave her because she was a Brewers and a Packers fan, so at least she picked those two. Yeah, two out of three as well. So, um, two but out of yeah, four. Yeah, we were, we were just talking. Talking, just talking sports, and she was like, "Oh my god, it's show mine!" Oh, my mic is breaking up. I'll have to check that in a sec. But um, yeah, it was just really cool to get recognized a second time. Kind of weird, you know. I'm pulling pallets, sweating, pulling soda, and somebody's like, "Oh my god, I've heard you talk about the Brewers," and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" <laughs> All right, let me check that. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you. I mean, like, what does it feel like to be famous? Oh man, it's uh, <laughs> stuff to deal with. Sometimes I tell you what. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, let's... Maybe someday somebody will recognize me. I don't get out in public as much as you do with working out in the retail <laughs> business. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how's that? Is that better? Kind of sounds like you're outside. Kind of sounds like I'm outside. Well, that's that's not good. Let me do my audio then. Jake's all excited about his new podcast setup because you can see the microphone in the bottom of his screen and now his mic's not working as well. How's that? Is that better? No. Is that still like I'm outside? That still sounds like you're outside. It sounds like you're trying to talk through a glass window. Oh, God. That's just not (laughs) good. That's just not good. You can can keep going. I'll I'll, I'll comment my commentary. I'm just going to fix this. We're going to figure it out. All right. We'll we'll let Jake sort his thing out. Uh, First game we're going to talk about is actually a game that was going on during the show last Wednesday. It started started during the show. Um, It was the Brewers-Padres finale. Um, It was a very entertaining game. I went back and rewatched it afterwards. Um, I watched the ending of it after we finished the show. But um, starting with Aaron Ashby. Um, Aaron Ashby, they went five and two thirds, uh, gave up four hits and three walks, but he was just pouring in the strikes. He worked out of jams in the second and in the third, um, third inning, he had two walks, um, issued. He worked out of it. Um, his slider was working great. Um, he had Eric Hosmer looking silly, just waving at it. His fastball was looking good. Um, um, Jace Peterson did have an unfortunate error. Um, probably a play that Jace Peterson would expect that he would make. Um, Aaron Ashby did recover and get a couple of ground balls. Um, the earned the run that scored was unearned. 
Um, and then Christian Yelich made a good play in the outfield. Um, so we saw a couple comments during the show last week that people were saying Luis Urias was safe at third base. Um, Urias, Luis Urias, that is the second one in like three games. I think it was second base that he dove into the other day, and he did a great swim move to stay in there safe. Um, Ashby did do well against the Cubs. We're definitely going to get to that one. Um, and I have a little bit more about Ashby later on. Yep, yep. Um, then Luis Urias did score on Andrew McCutcheon's single. This game extended Luis, Luis Urias's. That's a lot to say. That's a lot of S's. Um, <laughs> reaching base safely streak to 19 games. So Luis Urias continued the streak of reaching base in every game he's played so far. Um, Rowdy Telez scored uh, Andrew McCutcheon on a double to deep left field. That's Jake's guy, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, yeah, and then cool. Tyrone Taylor had a sack fly to the warning track. Um, Luis Perdomo came in, pitched an inning in a third scoreless, only gave up one hit. Unfortunately, he went to the injured list after that, um, which sucked because Perdomo was starting to pitch well after mm-hmm. having a couple of bad outings. Um, the Wisco Fanatics play of the week came during the show last week. Um, we had a couple of people commenting. I think it was Matt and yep. shoot. It was Matt and somebody else was commenting, but I think it might've been Scott was commenting about it. Almost the entire show. Um, keeping, keeping us updated. Um, Colton Wong made a crazy diving play like right up the middle of the field and had the presence of mind to do like a no look glove flip to Luis Urias, who was running across second base, stepped on the bag and tried to do a jump throw. And a slower runner might have been out, but uh, throw wasn't the best, but um, Rowdy kept the play in front of him. And then Devin Williams came in again, third save of the series, the first time in his career that he had pitched three consecutive days. So that's that's pretty much the story of that Brewers-Padres finale. Jake, I don't know if you have anything you wanted to say about it. Uh, first of all, about that play, the play of the week, I, when I was watching it, and the throw wasn't the best, but it was a crazy good play by Wong, first of all. If it would have been Willie Adamas, because Adamas has a great arm, he might have been out. And I'm being serious about that, because he has a rocket, dude. And he's accurate. I am so excited for Willie to come back. I miss watching Willie play. He's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Renfro. The craziest thing is that the Brewers are doing this with all these... You know, the injuries are just starting to stack up. Something a little long, you know, like a laundry list here. But, you know, they're just... Having a guy... Like Ashby, that can get moved to the starting lineup, and he's starting to gain more and more confidence. He's starting to look really good, man. He's starting to have command of all his pitches. I mean, he's and you like you said, man, he's really attacking the strike zone. And I remember a couple days later when Corbin Burns pitched, actually against the Cardinals, they were talking about how the Brewer staff has really made it a point to try to attack more. You know, they don't want to get yep. into Absolutely. two. Yep. Two and twos, one and twos, you know, give their time and, and see stuff. You know, they really want to attack them because they have that good of stuff where they can make people chase. So get on top of them, mm-hmm. make, make them sweat a little bit, and, and take care of them. And Ashby with that great slider, he should be trying to do that anyways because he could really make some people look silly. Um, I think you covered everything, man. I mean, some good timely hitting, some good timely pitching, some great defensive plays. I mean, this Brewers team is set up, man, for success. And they, they, play, they play well on the road again, just like last year. Very good on the road again. That's true. That's true. I, that, that's a good point to bring up. I actually forgot about that. How good the Brewers were on the road last year it was kind of weird, actually. Man, old Warriors last year. Yeah. yeah. All right. So moving on to the four-game Cardinals series, Jake and I were talking about it before the show that it's kind of weird that there's three four-game series in a row. 
um, although the Cubs series wasn't supposed to be um, because of the early rainout. So switching to the first Put game of the Cardinals series. Yeah, a get a roof. Hashtag get a roof. Um, hey, 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 I was going to take a shot at Wilkins before when you said that's a lot of S's. And I was going to say it's almost as many S's as L's as the Cubs have. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hey, with a win, the Cubs could split the series, but what up, Brewers are on the road. So, <laughs> What's up, Dan? Um, True. So actually, moving into the first... Favored. Cubs are? Yeah, today the Cubs, the Brewers. Cubs are favored. So look, the Cubs are at home. The Cubs actually do have a high team on base percentage. Um, mm-hmm. So a little bit of credit given to the Cubs there. Um, well, I don't want to give too much credit to the Cubs because I don't want to. I don't want to give people uh, uh, overconfidence on that. But I'll get back. <laughs> I'll get back to it. Um, <laughs> So the Brewers-Cardinals series, first game of the series, Josh Hader was reinstated off of the family emergency list um, from everything that I could find. I couldn't find a ton, and I'm sure it's probably not a matter that they want to discuss a lot, but everything that I could find was that Josh Hader's wife and their unborn baby are doing okay, um, and I haven't heard anything about it since. So um, back to first game of the Cardinals-Brewers series. What did you see, Jake? Uh, First of all, uh, I heard this when I was – watching the game when I first started watching it. This was Wainwright and Molina's 357th game together. And I know I'm, I'm, that is damn impressive. Uh, that's sixth all-time. And then it's their 313th start together, which is third all-time. And during this season, they will get to second. I don't remember if they have a chance to get to first, but I believe they're only like six away from second, which is crazy how long those guys have been successful. And then now they added Pujols back, man. It feels like 2005 all over Again. Yeah, right. <laughs> 2005 but, uh, farewell tour. Yeah, right. Um, man, Lauer, he he had a couple walks. He didn't have as many Ks as he as he has mm-hmm. been having this season. But, you know, he only gave up the The Brewers ended up winning this game 4-3. to three. Um, I wanted uh, to talk about uh, Hayter in this game because he got his 16th save and it was he extended his scoreless inning streak to 37 straight in this game. Um, he gave up a hit to Edmund. He struck out Goldschmidt, who has been on freaking fire, dude. So yeah. striking him out. He walked Arenado. Pujols popped up, and then Yanez popped up. So he went through the meat of the order and just absolutely dominated them. I mean, getting Wilson Dez to pop up back-to-back. I mean that's crazy. Going striking out Goldschmidt, he made him look silly. Dude, the, the pitch that he striked out or striked out nice. The pitch that he struck out Goldschmidt with, ninety nine miles an hour. Yeah, dude, dude, no chance, no chance at that. And Gold, like I said, Goldschmidt's been freaking hot, man. He destroyed us this entire series. Uh, but you know, Josh Hader is just an absolute stud. I just want to give him all the props. First day coming back off of something serious like that, that could be a mental block. Mm-hmm. To come in and just absolutely. Like dominate like he continues to do. We better lock him Pick up right, where left up off. right now. Yeah. yeah Lifetime contracts. Did. Yeah, now, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tyler, to your point about having the you know the Cubs being a fun team to watch. I mean, as far as hitting goes, like I said, I mean, I I do have to give credit. I mean, they're they're I think they're either fourth or fifth in major league baseball in on base percentage. So um a lot of young guys, so I mean People people throw out comments like, oh, the Cubs are just a triple-A team. But, I mean, it really – what that really means is that they're a young 
team. Um, I am jealous that the Cubs got Marcus Stroman because I yep, do like yep. him. Um, his uh, his social media game is up there with with as far as baseball players are concerned. But um, <laughs> other than that, the rest of the Cubs can go away. Um, so Luis Arias got the Brewers on the board early in this one. Yelich had a good at bat, drove um, drove Wainwright deep into the count. Um, Adam Wainwright just had a better cutter. It's a tough pitch, and Yelich got uh, struck out on it. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, Rowdy Telez, Tyrone Taylor, three straight singles, all with two outs to make the game two to zero. Um, and then, like Jake said, Lauer got in a little bit of trouble in the first inning, um, had a double and a walk that came around to score, tied the game at two. Um, he did get Harris or uh, Harrison Bader, who is a Brewers killer, um, to yeah. pop out to end the inning. So that's always like every time I see Harrison Bader or Tyler O'Neill come up, I get a little nervous. Just because yeah. those two, like like Eugenio Suarez for the Reds, for like and Jesse Winker, like for like the last four years, will be batting like two ten, and then they'll hit like three home runs in four games against the Brewers. Like it's just a couple of those guys, but Harrison Bader is one of those yeah. guys. Um, Jace Peterson drew, took a nice at bat and drew a double into right center field. Um, uh, Luis Arias reached on an error, and then Christian Yelich drove in Jace Peterson with a single in the top of the second inning. Um, Eric Lauer got into a little bit more trouble. Loaded the bases with two outs, got Pujols to ground into a fielder's choice, so it was good to get out of that inning. Um, Andrew McCutcheon drove in another two-out run um, to drive in Colton Wong. Trevor got he gave up a, a solo shot to Goldschmidt. Like Jake said, Goldschmidt was just absolutely hot during this series, and I mean, outside of intentionally walking him, there were no easy outs. Um, Going to be nervous when Willie gets up to bat for the Cubs, too. I don't. I actually, you know, like I don't know what it is. I like him a lot. He's really good. He had some really nice blocks yesterday, dude. He's good, but I think he, I think he is to Brewers fans what Grayson Allen became to Bulls fans. Okay. If that's not too bold to say, I guess. <laughs> um, but then, like Jake said, Josh Hader still perfect. Gave up a single, got a strikeout, gave up a walk, and then got two consecutive pop-outs. But looking at this game as a whole, Christian Yelich, two for four, plus a walk. Omar Narvaez, two for four. Andrew McCutcheon, two for five. All four runs were driven in by different players. So getting that that contribution from the whole lineup is really good to see. Um like we're getting to one of these games where like the bottom of the lineup drove in like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good to see some balance in the Brewers yep. lineup in the first game of that series. But um, going into the second game of the series, the Brewers were up to ninth in major league baseball in runs per game. Um, Brendan Woodruff generating a 38% swing and miss rate. Wow. That is the highest in major league baseball. Wow. Uh, early in this game, he was locating his high fastball really well. Um, he just ended up – it sucks that he got hurt in this game. Like, he said he wanted to stay in, and he ended up winding up on the 15-day injured list. Um, you know, it's it's a bummer. Like Jake said, the injuries are kind of stacking up with the Brewers. So far, they're weathering the storm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really all you can ask for when you're dealing with injuries to so many starting players like Woodruff, Peralta, Renfro, Adonis. Um, it's, they're, they're, they're piling up. Um, those are key players. Those aren't just starters. Those are key players, dude. Yeah. Um, 
I heard on the radio this morning, I think it was yesterday morning, um, that this is like the threshold for injuries that the Brewers can endure and, you know, continue winning games. Um, Mm -hmm. Like if one more starter key contributor goes down, like like the Brewers are going to be desperately wanting for for reinforcements. But um, getting into the second game of this series, Luis Urias extended his on-base streak to 20. Um, Brandon Woodruff, like I mentioned, execute or executed, exited with ankle discomfort. Turned out to be a high ankle sprain. They said it's similar to the one that Willie Adamas has. Um, yeah. Willie Adamas is eligible to be back. He's currently um, he went from single A to now he is in triple A with Nashville, I believe. Um, their game yesterday got rained out, so Willie Adamas didn't get to play yesterday. But um, Willie Adamas hopefully gets a chance to play for Nashville today, and then he could possibly um, join the Brewers back in Milwaukee starting tomorrow. Um, okay. This was this was the game where Luis Perdomo also got hurt after pitching two innings, giving up no hits, no runs. Um, and then Luis Perdomo also hit the injured list, so the Brewers really looking for um, reinforcements on the relief pitcher front. Um, going on to Keston Hira. He broke the shutout with a two-run home run in the ninth inning. Um, Cardinals are really kind of just controlling this game. Brent Suter had a rough outing um, after four straight scoreless appearances. It kind of started a little bit of a rocky patch for Brent Suter. The Brewers stranded mm-hmm. eight batters. Um, yeah. Struck uh-huh. out eight times. That's not it's not great. It's not terrible. Um, but I'm going to talk about this again a little bit later. I do want to see the Brewers strike out less. I know it's a really generic thing to say. But, I mean, like, I want to see the Brewers strike out less. It's a conversation we had uh, with the Bucks, where it's like, I want to see the Bucks turn the ball over less. It's something that's it's simple, but it's not easy to to fix. You know, it's not it's not something you can just walk up to, to Christian Yelich and Andrew McCutcheon and Willie Adamas and be like, hey, strike out less. And be like, I'm trying. You know, it's not, it's not something you can just say to do less. Um, you know, it's not like not like a zone defense where you just like, hey, play less zone and you play more man-to-man defense. You know. Um. So Omar Narvaez, Colton Wong, Tyrone Taylor, two hits each. Um, I don't know. What did you see? What did you see from the second game of that Cardinals series? It was kind of a kind of a bummer of a game. It sucked at Woody. You know, and this kind of was shades of last year where Woody wasn't getting a lot of run support when he was pitching really, really well, and he was having a good mm-hmm. game, um, four innings. He had two earned runs. I mean, it is what it is, but four Ks, only one walk, two hits. I mean, he was he was playing well, but it was going to end up like one of those classic games last year where we only scored two runs, three runs, and he ended up with an out. He, he's five and three in the season, so he's still doing fine. Just sucks that, you know, couldn't get the offense going this game. That's just, that's just all it was. And this strikeouts thing, I wanted to add a comment to that. Because you thought you compared it to the Bucks and the turnovers. Yes, it's a very little things that could turn into big things that could be big impact on the games, right? Like, look at the Bucks in the playoffs, man. They had 20 some turnovers and they lose by six. It's like, maybe if you wouldn't have 20 turnovers, look at the Brewers. Maybe if you wouldn't struck out eight times, if you would have brought it down to four times, that could have been, you know, an extra walk or an extra hit, you know, could have put you in different situations. Yeah. I mean, know? even even if you get into a situation where you have runners in scoring position and, yeah. you know, they got into a couple of positions. I don't remember if it was this game specifically, but they got into a couple of positions last week where they had, like, bases loaded and, and no outs or one out and they didn't score any runs. Strikeouts are momentum killers. You know, at least if you're, you know, oh. 
like um, it happened a lot in the Cubs series where like the ball would fly really far and end up being caught on the on the warning track. Um, you know, a lot of hard hit balls and stuff like that. If you just put the ball in play, man, you just force the issue on the defense. You know, you know, if you if you hit a deep fly ball, I mean, that's still plates a run. So like, you know, I hate using the term productive outs because obviously you'd rather get a hit than a sack fly. But I would take a sack fly over a strikeout, obviously a hundred times out of a hundred. So just putting the ball in play is what I'd like to see more from the Brewers. You know who had a, a bad week, and I believe it was four double plays he grounded into. It was McCutcheon. He had a he had kind of a rough week, man. He grounded. He into tweeted out last night play. that he said he's going to get out of the funk. So you know, I, I trust him. Man. About he's, Andrew a, McCut- he's a professional. He knows what he's doing up there. He's one of those players that you just. You let him go through his one little slouch, and then he'll pick it back up. Everything's yeah. going to be I mean, he's, not he'd been driving in a ton of runs for the Brewers oh. earlier in the season. Oh, yeah. He started, um, he started the season hot, man. Yeah, I mean, it, basically the, the Woodruff injury was the big takeaway from that game. Um, what are you looking at for the third game of that series? kind of had like a high, low in the middle, and high on the end again. But yeah, um, third game of the Cardinals series. Yeah. Uh, this was the day where I saw the score and I was like, Jesus, eight to three. And you looked at Hauser and it was another day game outing for him. He had four innings. He get, it had nine hits, eight runs were all, you know, him, but only five were earned. Uh, he walk and this is when I started texting you and I was like, I got to dive into these, these daytime stats, man. And you look at Adrian Hauser and it's, it's not good, dude. Um, um, he's two and three, you know, in daytime start. He has a 6.75 ERA, 22 and a third inning pitch. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, 31 hits, 25 runs, 17 earned runs, three home runs. Now, here's the thing that's really crazy to me when I, I looked at it, right? I looked at the batting average. His batting average in day games, 313. That's a good average for, for a player, but a team, that's crazy. At night, they're only hitting 159. Hmm. That is such a gap. It's crazy. Yeah. So, Hauser, we need to figure out a way to just get Adrian Hauser to pitch nighttime games because Only he's nice games, clearly yeah. very good at that. <laughs> Hauser yeah. doesn't pitch on Sundays or Wednesdays anymore. Yep. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is weird that they're on the getaway game. I mean, I realize they're only going from Chicago to Milwaukee, but like the last game of an away series that they're playing on Wednesday night and not an afternoon game. Right. Um, Usually, Major League Baseball tries to do those things a little bit differently. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a rough goal for Hauser. You know, the error by Urias hurt. Um, like you said, you know, some of those runs aren't really hung on him. Um, the nice thing seeing this was Hobie Milner, Trevor Kelly, and Miguel Sanchez combining for four innings pitched, only giving up three hits and no additional runs. It's always good to see. Um, this is one of those This is one of those perspective things. So, you know, Jake and I – we we've faced this dilemma. It's really hard to do. Let me tell you from experience. It is really, really hard to take a loss and to try to put a positive optimistic spin on it. Um, we dealt with it during Packers season. We dealt with it just, you know, just a couple weeks ago when the bucks were eliminated from the playoffs, but it's really hard to take a loss and say, Hey, what is, what can we take from this as a positive? And getting some of these guys that aren't mm-hmm. used to pitching in a lot of uh, a lot of different situations, um, Miguel Sanchez is a guy who's been up and down. Trevor Kelly is a guy who's now been up and down, um, who had two really good appearances in this Cardinal series and then two not so good appearances in the Cubs series. 
But looking at this game specifically, seeing these guys that don't pitch every day, guys that aren't necessarily going to be relied on in a high-pressure situation and saying, hey, you guys combined for four innings pitched, you gave up only three hits and gave up no runs. Seeing those guys being able to potentially build some confidence, even though the Brewers lost this game, is still a positive takeaway that you can have from this. Yeah. Um, these are things where um, these are small building blocks. And, you know, people go on scoreless inning streaks or, or hitting streaks. You know, these these are like what start that kind of thing, you know, positive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Urias did extend his on-base streak to 21 in a row. Um, Keston Hero had back-to-back days of home runs. Victor Caratini had two hits. One of them was a home run. Um, so the Brewers, you know, like I said, um, high on the edges of this Brewers Cardinal series and low in the middle. So um, let's go back to let's go back to Game Four. Let's get back to one of the highs and uh, let's talk about Game Four. Oh. Corbin Burns, bro. This guy is a freaking monster. Holy shit. Um, dude, seven innings, two hits, zero earned ones, one walk, 11 Ks. This guy walked into St. Louis and just said, it's my turn now. Yeah, he just completely owned them. That was the second best part of this game, watching Corbin Burns. You know what the best part of this game was? Lorenzo Kane home run. Dude, yes, he much needed, needed that. Yes, he did. And seeing that smile back on Lorenzo's face was yes. just everything. It's he's infectious. Such, yeah, he's such a good dude. Like deep down, you know that. Um, his home run, obviously, we all know that. Um, Peterson got his fourth home run, and Teles hit his tenth home run of the year in this game. Also, the Bucks are the Bucks. Jeez, you talked basketball before, so I'm stuck. <laughs> the Brewers routed the Cardinals eight. To zero, uh, Navarez, Navarez also had an RBI, and uh, Peterson had a three-run home, so he had three RBI. So the Brewers all around pitched very, very well. Burns got his 500th K in this game as well. Um, you, I know you have a stat for that. So uh, looking right. forward to that, man. <laughs> so um, I felt bad for Lorenzo Cain because his first at bat, he hit a ball to deep right field, and um, I think it was Donovan made like a like a lunging play and, and robbed him of a hit. So it was good to see Lorenzo Cain kind of bounce back from that. Um, so this game, I mean, <laughs> being Burns, this is his second start in a row where his cutter hasn't been quite as sharp, but his off-speed stuff is just nasty. Like Corbin Burns throwing change-ups, curveballs, sliders, like just nasty stuff. Um, the first four hits all came with two outs in this game. Um, and I do, I do like the choice to send Rowdy Telez um, on the hit by. I think it was uh, who did it? Was it McCutcheon? I don't remember either. But I know what um, you're talking about. So Rowdy Rowdy Telez gets tagged out at home, um, and I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, why do you send Rowdy? Or why do you send Rowdy in that situation?" Personally, I like that situation because you know the Brewers, you know. The identity that the, the team that was going to have this year was pitching and defense. So the offense was going to be the thing that was harder to come by. And what I called for about a month ago was to be more aggressive early in the count and on the bases. What I mean, what running does, I mean, I realize that it's Rowdy Telez, like we've said on the show before, has the agility of a refrigerator. You're welcome but, for that, by the way. 
<laughs> that said, I mean, you gotta you gotta put some pressure on the defense once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. I saw somebody say that the Cardinals are a good defensive team, which is true. It took two really good throws to get Rowdy at the plate. Anything mm-hmm. less than a perfect throw might not be an out. Uh, but you got to put some pressure on the other team. You can't just say, oh, this is a good defensive team. We're going to play every single situation safe. Now you're playing into their hands then. I mean, exactly. I mean, you're, you're letting their reputation dictate your action. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I like the, I like sending Rowdy in that situation just to put some pressure on the, the Cardinals' defense and to keep them honest. You, mm-hmm. you just got to do that once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if it works out, then you end up with a guy on third base, still two outs. You know, like I said, just just put some pressure on the defense once in a while and be aggressive. Like I said, for a team um, with an identity that was going to be, you know, how how can they score runs? Being aggressive on the base pass is one of those ways that you can try to manufacture some of those runs. Maybe generate a throwing error that results in another run potentially. Um, so I did like seeing that. Um, Jake mentioned Corbin Burns. He hit 500 career strikeouts in this game. He became the third brewer this season to reach that 500 career strikeout mark. Josh Hader and Willie Peralta, not Willie Peralta. Wow. Now I'm pulling out the old names. (laughs) Freddie Peralta, um, Freddie Peralta and Josh Hader both hit 500 career strikeouts this season. So, um, Burns is the third to do so this year. Um, Jake mentioned the home runs by Jace Peterson and Roddy Telez. Um, it was Roddy Telez's 10th home run of the year, um, including this game that the Brewers won. The Brewers are 18-5 and five when Rowdy Telez bats fifth in the order. Wow. So, yeah, just uh, set him there and leave him there. <laughs> That's a, a good stat. <laughs> yeah, I agree um, with that. It's a good stat. I like that. Luis Urias did, again, extend his reaching base game streak to 22. Um, Roddy Telez, Tyron Taylor, Jace Peterson all had two hits, and then Omar Narvaez and Lorenzo Cain had three hits in this game. Um, let's move on to doubleheader game one. This is this might be my favorite game to talk about. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think, I mean, the game two of the doubleheader might be mine just because of Ashby's game, really. Oh, that was yeah. That's I enjoyed both of the doubleheader games. I did. That was good. I will save what I'm going to say about Ashby until we get there. But I do have something I want to say. Um, I just want to say because Tyler's not going to do it because he's a humble person. <laughs> I want him to toot his own horn because he called this last Wednesday about Ethan Small starting game one of the doubleheader. Like you. All the game and everything, dude. Like, how just up? Like, let's go. I'm the smartest man on the planet. That's what I would be doing. Um, that was crazy. Uh, he looked, he looked good, and then he looked like a guy when his first start. You know. Yeah. I mean, on the road, typically I would like him to start at home his first game. You know, all those pregame yeah. jitters. But you know, starting a game at Wrigley Field, and yes, we talk a lot of shit about the Cubs and the Bears and all the Chicago teams, but Wrigley Field is legendary in baseball history, so getting your first career start in the majors at Wrigley on the road, like, that's a pretty cool moment, I would say. Same thing if somebody, you know, a rookie started the first start at Lambeau. That's a historic place in football. Um, I think he looked good. I mean, the four walks, not good, but he had four Ks, and he he had some control issues, but he was all right. Um, the Brewers won. The, this game was actually really, really exciting to watch, um, if you watched this game. Uh, RBIs from a bunch of people. Tyler... This is Tyler's most exciting game, which I didn't know, so I'm not going to 
hog the, the the time here. But Trevor Gott didn't look that good. He had kind of a bad outing, in my opinion. Three hits, two earned runs. Uh, Kelly also had two earned runs. Um, Josh Hader, he did not have any earned runs. And he is still very good at baseball. He pitched twice in one day, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is that is awesome. I, I just love him, dude. I just love Josh Hader. And that's just the end of the story. And I'm going to let Tyler control game one because this is his favorite. <laughs> All right. So, um, Ethan, the story of Ethan Small for me, um, Tyler did say he threw nothing but changeups and fastballs. Um, he needs to develop a third pitch. Um, that is true to a point. Um, th- that is his combo. He works the high fastball changeup combo. Um, it was working really well for him through the first two innings. Um, Ethan Small, he really he reminds me a lot of Aaron Ashby when he came and made his first start last year. Um, Aaron Ashby got roughed up pretty early in that game, but he actually made his debut against the Cubs last year. He gave up, I think it was seven runs, um, and then the Brewers ended up blowing up and scoring 15 unanswered runs and winning 15-7. to seven. That game was really entertaining. I remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, that game was wow, – that was fun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Ethan Small, uh, let me talk about his game first. So, he gives up a leadoff double, follows it up with a strikeout, a flyout, and another strikeout. That's that's big boy pants stuff. Mm-hmm. To, to not be rattled by giving up the leadoff double and then come back and get three straight outs, um, two of them being strikeouts, which, like I said earlier, um, the Cubs are actually one of the top five teams in on-base percentage right now. So to get two guys to strike out in that lineup is, you know, regardless of who it is, is a good thing. Um, two more Ks in the second inning, and then the third inning is where he started to get a little out of control. Um, like I said, his his early estimations of, um, you know, what type of pitcher he can be reminds me a lot of how Aaron Ashby was, where he's got like he's got really good stuff. He's got a high uh, high fastball. He's got a really good changeup. Ashby works the slider more. Um, but the Brewers, um, you know, their, their pitching machine where they teach guys how to do all these things and do them well, and now we're coming into a season where Corbin Burns is now throwing Devin Williams' changeup. Um, <laughs> I mean, Aaron <laughs> Ashby is throwing like five different pitches now instead of three. Um, Corbin Burns, I think, is throwing like five different pitches now instead of three or four. Um, Josh Hader is starting to mix in a little bit of changeups, not very many, but a little bit. His his thing is still fastball slider, but um, Devin Williams is throwing four seam fastballs to go with his nastiest changeup in the game, I would say. Um, so I'm not, you know, I think Ethan Small has a really good foundation. Uh, definitely up there. Um. I think Ethan Small has a really good foundation. He's got good stuff. It just needs to work on his control and then maybe add another um, pitch to his to his arsenal. Um, and I think the Brewers organization is capable of doing that for him. Um, going into the third inning, three walks, ended his day. He ended up with four walks, gave up two earned runs, four strikeouts. Um, only one of the walks came around to score. Um, Trevor Kelly got the last out of the third inning, so it was good to see Trevor Kelly get a little bit of uh, a little bit of momentum there. Um, going into the fourth inning, Omar and Keston had a two-out rally to tie the game at two. Um, get to the bottom of the fourth, Cubs get two solo home runs. Um, Brewers go down in order in the fifth inning. Miguel Sanchez comes in, gives up a leadoff double, 
Um, gets a ground out, a strikeout, and a pop out. Miguel Sanchez is really he's really a guy that I'm keeping an eye on as far as pitching. Um, he's he's one of the up and down guys. If mm-hmm. he can really step up in the absence of um, Jake Cousins and potentially fill some of that middle relief and do it consistently, that would go a long way for Miguel Sanchez to make it the case to stay in Milwaukee and not get sent back down to Nashville. Um, top of the sixth yeah. inning, Luis Urias got on base, 23rd game in a row. Um, and then who else but Tyrone Taylor comes in and hits a two-run home run, ties the game at four. Cubs go in order in the seventh or in the sixth. Then you get to the top of the seventh. Kesson here gets hit by a pitch. Andrew McCutcheon grounds into a double play. And then Brasso hits a single. Colton Wong draws a walk. And Luis Urias hits a three-run bomb. And it's seven to four Brewers. Uh, so Luis Urias, dude's a stud. Um, for the number of, of um, comments <laughs> I saw last year about wanting to get rid of a Re- Urias and why did we trade Arcia just to hold on to Urias? And why did we trade for Adamus when we have Urias? And now we have, um, I sent to Jake an article that I wrote for Fansided last year um, saying if Willie Adamus steps into the shortstop role and they move Urias over to third base, and the Brewers have a 24 and 25 year old um, shortstop and third baseman who are both under team control for a long time, and the Brewers' left side of the infield could be set for a long time. You know, like, yes. <laughs> like Jake said, I'm, there I'm it not... is. I want you to toot your own horn. <laughs> there it is, baby. Um, there it is. <laughs> so the Brewers are they're doing really well on that side of the infield, and then yeah. they have Colton Wong and Rowdy Telez on the other side of the infield. So, uh, you know, the Brewers they're they're coming around, and if they can stay healthy and get healthy, um, I get a little bit to talk about with that when we get into the what's coming up, but. Um, Trevor got struggled through the seventh inning. He gave a couple runs. Um, he's one of the guys, hopefully, that can bounce back soon. Um, and then a two-out error and a walk loaded the bases for Patrick Wisdom. Now, when we get into yesterday's game, Patrick Wisdom ends up being the difference maker. Um, the dude's got pop in his bat. Yes, Patrick yes, Wisdom he does. does. He's got a lot of pop. And Devin Williams... Got him looking on some nasty change-ups. Bro, made him look fucking <laughs> silly. <laughs> he froze him with the last one. Got him looking at a change-up right down the middle of the plate. You know what the thing was? Is he kept throwing it low and inside. And people were chasing it. And then the Cubs were actually a very patient team. I will give them credit for that, too. They were very patient at the plate. He thought he was going to throw it, make him try to chase again. He threw that bitch right over the heart, bro. And I was like... Let's go! <laughs> um, then he gets to the ninth inning. Josh Hader gives up a leadoff single, followed by three swinging strikeouts. Um, just, I mean, you, you can't say enough good things about Josh Hader. Um, he needs, I think, two more scoreless appearances to break the record for most consecutive scoreless appearances. Um, and I think he's already got it for innings pitched. So, I mean, you can't say enough good things about Josh Hader. Um, we are counting down on the Wisco Fanatics page for um, Josh Hader becoming the Brewers' all-time leading saves um, franchise leader. I think he needs 19 to pass Dan Plesak, who has 133. So, Josh Hader is inching closer to that. I think he's going to make it this season. Um, but, you know, this game... 20, bro. 
Uh, he's 28. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I wanted That's to crazy. make the That's crazy. Um, Prime Gagne or Hater. You know, the way that Hater makes it so hard to see the baseball until it's coming at you at 98, I think Josh Hader has the opportunity to become one of the best closers in all of baseball, not just in Brewers history. Yeah, he's he's a monster, dude. It's so hard to pick that up with his release, man. And all of a sudden, like you said, and it's just right on top of you. He throws a high fastball a lot, too. So you get that coming at you 98-99, and then he's catching the strike right now. Just, just good luck. Yeah. <laughs> just good and, luck. That's all I got to say. And then his, his slider moves like three feet, and he throws it at 82. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, imagine that. Yikes. Um, you know, saves, it's, it's a weird situation that it ends up like how many different situations, um, can end up becoming a save situation. But I just want to throw out there in 1981, Raleigh fingers won the MVP and the Cy Young award with 28 saves. Just throwing that out there, not saying that Josh Hader should be an MVP candidate, but I do think Right now, as of right now, with him having a 0.0 ERA, and he's like he's given up like four hits in the entire year. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold the freaking phone. Did you see that comment? You see that comment on our page? Somebody was like, yeah. He's got to get under control. He's up to four hits now. I looked up his projected hits, he's projected to give up 13 hits. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> out everybody he's just, i was like god dude what is this guy talking about it was i assumed it was sarcasm yeah got um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i assumed it was sarcasm i shouldn't have assumed i guess um but i mean the pace that he's on i think he's at like 19 innings now 19 and 19 and a third 18 and a third as a 0.00 era he's given up four hits like six walks and has like thirty strikeouts. Yeah, he's... like that. If he finishes a season like this is like knock on wood, if he finishes a season and doesn't give up a run, like rename it the Josh Hader Award. <laughs> he better win Cy Young if he goes zero point zero. Dead ass, dude. If he goes zero point zero, that is crazy. That would be crazy. Oh my god! Currently on pace for fifty-eight saves. It's <laughs> a lot. So, so, if we want to talk about another Josh Hader save, let's talk about the second game of the doubleheader. Bro, first of all, <laughs> if he gets fifty-eight saves, that's more wins than the Orioles got a couple of years. That's ridiculous, <laughs> bro! Wow. Um, dude, Aaron Ashby, dude, crap. Watching him, you know, he's really grown in the last year uh, a lot. Um, his six innings pitch in this game, five hits, the one earned run, um, 12 Ks. He did have two walks, which isn't terrible. Um, but 12 Ks, dude. Um, I know Tyler has a crazy stat for this one. It's absolutely nuts. But watching Ashby dominate like, like this, it was kind of one of those moments where, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, this is happening right now, so I want to appreciate it now because that's something that me and you focus on is appreciate the greatness right in front of us, right? We don't think about it. We want to appreciate it now. That's why we, we talk so highly of Aaron Rodgers, you know, because one day and he's going to be gone. So, 
And, and we t and Giannis is right at the peak where he's going to be in his prime. So everybody get ready for that because he's already setting NBA records. Uh, but Aaron Ashby kind of makes me excited for the future because he's one of those guys that's part of the future. Same thing with Ethan Small. Hopefully we can keep guys like Burns around to continue being our ace. Freddie Fastball. The Brewers really could be set up for a long, long, long time with the arms that we <laughs> You we have in this you, rotation. You mentioned um, Freddie Peralta. Player, you know him being so on fire. Oh. All right, you mentioned okay, Freddie yeah, Peralta. I just want to throw this out there: that David Stearns is a wizard. He's literally a wizard. He last before last season locked up Freddie Peralta through the twenty twenty five season for like five million a year. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't know how David Stearns pulls off some of the stuff that he does that he turned JP Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen into Willie Adamas and Rowdy Teles. Yeah, dude, that's... <laughs> I didn't even get to those guys yet. I didn't even get to those guys. You know, I, you know what, Tyler? This is one thing where I'm going to strongly disagree with you that I get that the strike zone was pretty big during the series, but it far benefited the Cubs. Far benefited the Cubs. Ethan Small got shafted on a couple of pitches that Luis Urias got called on in the top of the first inning that Ethan Small did not get the same outside strike. Umpire scorecards. Look it up. Yeah, yeah, those are those are pretty good. I like to laugh at those every once in a while. Yeah, I, like, I don't, I don't get too, I don't oh like to get man. too emotionally invested in it because I know it's gonna, it's gonna be one of those things that's annoying and I kind of piss me off a little bit. Some so, of them are so bad. It's like, dude, just sign me up for robotic umps, dude. Yeah, I just, I just choose to laugh. I just choose to, that. That's how I choose to deal with it. Uh, we go to. We go to Boxberger after Ashby, right? And Boxberger's been nothing but phenomenal the last couple of years. Um, you know, he had one hit, two Ks, uh, and then obviously the man of the hour. This is turning into the Josh Hader show because there's not enough good things that we could say about this guy. He really is just that good. He's a monster. I mean, and like we said, he's only 28. So in baseball, you can play forever as long as your arm is alive, you know? You know, major injuries or anything like that. But, you know, we're talking, you know, I wanted to bring up Carantini, right, because he's going against his former team and he's just yakking home. Where he's <laughs> in the Wrigley Field. Toledo. Uh, but, dude, this this second game, for the Brewers to get both the games in the doubleheader, set them up. If they win tonight and they get three out of four, I was joking with Tyler yesterday. But I was like, that would mean we're 7-4 and four on the road. And 7-4 equals July 4th, which is America's birthday. So that makes the Brewers America's team. <laughs> I'm not the best at math, but that's what that adds up to, man. <laughs> oh shit! We gotta post that if they win. We gotta post that. New America's oh, team. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's the it wasn't super skewed as far as the umpire scorecards go, um, but it was in favor of the Cubs. It wasn't more than a run. Um, it gives like a plus minus for um, who benefited more from from the umpiring and the strike zones. Um, they, for the, both of the games of the doubleheader were in favor of the Cubs. I think one was like 0.7 and the other one was like 0.6 in favor of the Cubs. But the Brewers won with both of the games, so I wasn't going to bring it up until it got brought up. But I do agree with you that it's it's annoying to to see a strike zone be inconsistent. Yeah. Um, it's, that's the, the thing that I get an issue with in tough. the NFL with officiating is just when it's not consistent. Because that's, that's where I get into mm -hmm. the NFC Championship game with the Buccaneers where this isn't pass interference, but this is. That's where I start to have issues yeah. with officiating. 
Um, so that said, like Jake said, um, I'm going to save some of my juicier Aaron Ashby stats for a later segment. Um, little spoiler alert there, but um, like Jake said, the six innings, two walks is, is okay. Um, the five hits, one earned run, 12 strikeouts, career high, 12 strikeouts. Um, and he was working everything. I texted Jake during the game, and I'm like, Aaron Ashby is working everything. Like, he's throwing everything. He's throwing yeah. fastballs. He's throwing curveballs. He's throwing sliders. He's throwing changeup. He's getting strikeouts with all of those pitches. It's like, damn. Yeah, look how much he's <laughs> improved in one year. So that's why it like, yeah. really makes me excited for even later this year. You know, he's just going to keep improving, keep picking the brains of, of Woody and Peralta and, and even Lauer even. You know, Lauer is kind of an established player now, and he keeps improving, yep. which we're going to talk about next. Uh, but it's just the Brewers are just set up with pitching. And in in baseball, you brought it up last year. You said pitching travels, kind of like defense travels. Yep. Uh, that was a great call. The Brewers are set up to win and on the road. That's why they're so good on the road because they have great pitchers. Um, they're just set up for a long time, man. Seriously. All right. Thanks for watching, Tyler. Um Hope the Cubs are ready to fly the L, though. Um, Hendricks is annoying just because he's got like a weird combination of like an 87-mile-an-hour fastball and like an 80-mile-an-hour changeup that's really annoying, but um, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Tim's has our back. Uh, Good job, Tim. <laughs> first, the first three innings of this game are really quiet. Um, Wilson Contreras' walk was the only base runner in the first three innings of this game. Mm-hmm. Um Top of the fourth, Tyrone Taylor draws a walk. Roddy Telez hits a double. Um, bottom of the fourth, Wilson Contreras hit a solo home run. Top of the fifth, Victor Caratini hit a solo home run. Um, Luis Urias gets hit by a pitch and raises his on-base streak to 24. Um, I want to give Boxberger a lot of credit. Um mm-hmm. Bottom of the seventh got a little hairy. Aaron Ashby gave up three straight singles, including some bunts that were just Weird but perfect placement. It's really unfortunate. Not a lot you can do in those situations, um, except to say after the fact, like, why weren't you standing right there instead of right there? Like, it's one of those things where it's simple but not easy um, to fix. But Boxberger comes in with the bases loaded and nobody out, gets a strikeout and a ground into double play to get zero runs in the inning to preserve Ashby's one earned run um, given up. Tyrone Taylor leads off the top of the eighth with a solo home run. Boxberger pitches the bottom of the eighth. Um, gives up a single. Gets another ground into the double play to end the inning again after the strikeout. Um, and then, like Jake said, Josh Hader comes in for his second save of the day. Um, it's really cool that this is the way that it happened. But Jim Henderson was the last to do this for the Brewers back in 2013. Jim Henderson is currently the Brewers' bullpen coach. So it was really cool to see after yeah. the game to see Josh Hader and, and Jim Henderson get a picture together as they were the last two to get two saves in the same day. So that was really cool to see. Um, and got to give Tyrone Taylor a little a little credit for flashing the leather and making a catch right along the wall at Wrigley. Um, it's something I want to talk about the setup of Wrigley when we get to the third game of the series. But um, there is like no space between the wall and the foul line in the outfield at Wrigley. Yeah. And Tyrone Taylor made a catch right on the wall. Um, so I want to give him credit for that, but I mean, the highlight of this game, like Aaron Ashby working five 
different pitches. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> insanity, dude. That is insanity. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Aaron Ashby in a little bit. All right, let's go. All right, let's get this uh, kind of ugly one out of the way. Just um, very uncharacteristic defense by the Brewers, I would say. You know, okay, so because you started with that, I want to point out that the beginning of this game was some really, really good defense. Tyrone Taylor made a nice running catch. Uh, Christian Yelich made a sliding catch. So those are some run-saving plays. And then just really had the, the bizarro effect of it later in the game and had the exact opposite become the case. Um, yeah. The yeah. one that Yelich that, – this is why I said I wanted to bring out the way the Wrigley Field is set up. So Yelich is playing left field, and there's a ball hit into the left field corner and looks, and it's slicing. So it's like – really in a shitty position there to try to judge where that ball is going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Miller Park where you have, you know, four to six feet between the foul line and the wall. It's the foul line is here and the wall is here. Like you have like six inches of space. Um, it's a really tough place to, to try to be playing the outfield there. Um, so, I, I mean, to complain and, and, and complain about Yelich's way that he played that ball on a ball, it's slicing into a corner where you're either going to run into a wall or, you know, have to try to play the ball off of a bounce. Uh, it's a really tough spot to be in. So I will let you continue now, but I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, there was just a lot of plays. I mean, the Carantini snap throw, um, that got – that bounced away. Um, mm-hmm. That one – just the ball just doesn't bounce away sometimes. Um, we had Kane and Yelich, I believe it was, running into each other on a fly ball. I mean, all uh, the just, it just, I mean, that was just perfectly placed. Like, I you know. couldn't you couldn't set the ball down in a better place for neither guy to be able to get to it. Right, right, and that was kind of my point too. Where like the ball was just kind of just flying all over the place in the air, so it's just hard to judge and just a little bit better communication, I guess. Uh, Lauer again didn't have his best stuff. I mean, three walks is never a good thing. Uh, six Ks, I mean, five hits, two earned. But the Cubs getting eight runs was really a lot on the Brewers, you know, I don't want to say poor defense, but just uncharacteristic is how I started out. Um, but we scored seven runs. Uh, Telez again, was clutch. I mean, he might be our most clear right now. Um, he got another hit, Carantini, with back-to-back days with home runs. Um, Taylor with another three RBIs. Brett Suter had a good outing. Um, that's something good. Got had a good outing. Kelly did not. Kelly had a very rough outing. Um, and Boxberger, ah, Boxberger was okay, I guess, but gave up the home run. So that's that's really really all that matters because you know he, he th- hell man he hung that too. Patrick Wisdom just unloaded on that son of a bitch. But you're gonna you're not gonna win 162. You know, like we said before, this is just one of them where the defense kind of went away and the ball was just flying all over the place. And you know the Cubs only wins total at home, and we give them like three or four of them. That kind of sucks, but yeah. it is what it is, man. Um, so I want to say the same thing about Eric Lower that I want to say about Brad Boxberger is that they're both they're both have bodies of work where it's like seven, eight, nine good outings in a row, and then they have one bad one, and people yeah. freak out about the one bad one without giving the credit for, like, the six good outings in a row that they just had. Um, Eric Lower has been awesome 
this year, like exceeding all expectations. And then he has, you know, four or five good games in a row and suddenly he's an ace and we need to hold him to the same standard we hold Corbin Burns to. <laughs> um, you know, Eric Lower has been doing really well since about late June last season. Um, but he's not immune to having a bad start here and there. So Eric Lauer, in my opinion, has deserved um, to have some slack cut for him. And and same goes for Brad Boxberger. The dude's mm-hmm. been arguably our most reliable reliever in the last two seasons. Yeah, um, you could pitch him in the 7th, 8th, or ninth. Yeah, really as far, and as far as consistency goes and putting him into tough situations like the second game of the doubleheader where he comes in with bases loaded and nobody out and gets out of the inning with zero runs scored. Mm-hmm. Like, those are tough situations to be in, arguably more so than being up 3-1 to one in the bottom of the ninth with nobody on base. It's arguably a higher pressure situation. Yeah, so, I agree. Brad Boxberger in the month of May... Gave up four earned runs, but three of them, or four of them, all four of them came in three games. Um, So, Boxberger had 11 appearances in the month of May. um, Pitched two innings in this doubleheader of game two, which is worth mentioning here. Um, You know, Josh Hader did have the two saves in the doubleheader games, but Brad Boxberger pitched two innings in one of those games, too. So, the day after pitching two innings in one game, Boxberger is now throwing the bottom of the ninth, Gives up the home run to a guy who has a ton of pop in his bat. But the month of May, 11th and two-thirds innings pitched. And, you know, just to give up those those four earned runs in three different games. Also had 12 strikeouts in, you know, those 11 appearances. So over the course of the month, Brad Boxberger was very good. He just had a few errors here and there that just led to a couple issues. Um, Like I said, with as consistent as he is, like, he deserves to have some slack cut for him. Um, in the first inning, Luis Urias drew a walk, extending his on-base streak to 25. So that streak is active. So looking for Luis Urias to get on base tonight. Um, Tyrone Taylor made a really solid catch. They say it um, when you're playing baseball, the ones that are the hardest to catch are the ones that are hit over your head straight at you. So Tyrone Taylor made that catch in right field. Like I said, Yelich made the sliding catch. Um, so some some early good defense and then some late bad defense. Um, Brasso called out on a really ugly strike, um, just victim to an ugly strike zone early. Um, Lauer did get the same call in the bottom of the second, so I will admit Lauer got the same call. Um Bases get loaded for Tyrone Taylor, and he comes through again um, as a bases-clearing double. Um, Holby Milner comes in. He got a really solid job to pick off Frazier at first base. Yeah. Um, like a perfect throw. Rowdy got the tag on his shoulder. Um, so that was good to see. I'm really really liking Holby Milner this year. Um, you know, yeah. I'm not... You know, I'm not ready to to put him in super high pressure situations as much as I would Brad Boxberger. But um, you know, if you have an Ashby who gives you five innings and you need somebody to pitch the sixth, I trust Holby Milner there. I agree. Um, talked about Yelich misjudging the ball, the kind of sliced and not having a ton of room. 
um, to work there and the perfectly hit ball between Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich. It's just it's a really tough spot to be in. Um, Higgins had back-to-back days with home runs. Um, both of them came off of Trevor Kelly, um, which, you know, Trevor Kelly, he had two really good games against St. Louis and then two really, you know, not so good games against the Cubs. So um, I saw a lot of people saying, send him back to AAA ASAP, DFA him. It's like your your sample size is even between really good and not so good. These so, are learning opportunities, man. These exactly. are learning opportunities. Um, so you don't you don't really know which version of Trevor Kelly is the one that you would ultimately get from um, seeing him pitch more. Um, you know, with that said, experience is the only way you're going to find out. Um, you know, we'll see we'll see if he gets more opportunities to stick around. Um, I do know um, there's some other guys called up. Luke Barker was called up. Um, Basically, a lot of moving parts in these um, couple weeks where we knew the Brewers were playing 18 games in 17 days, and then they're dealing with a bunch of injuries. So there's going to be a lot of moving pieces here, um, Trevor mm-hmm. Kelly being one of them. Um, Christian Yelich, Roddy Telez, Victor Caratini, two hits each. Um, Tyrone Taylor and Victor Caratini had three RBI each. And it was good to see Brent Suter have a bounce-back game. Um, and have a good inning. So that is one of those good takeaways you could take from a loss of seeing Brent Suter get out of a scoreless inning. Um, and then, you know, Patrick Wisdom has a lot of pop. Just got to give him some credit for it, for hitting out the uh, the game winner there. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Like Jake said, you're not going 162-0. and Nobody is. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, You know what? You know what annoys me. What's that, man? Christian Yelich had a single and a triple last night, and people are still complaining he about ripped, Yelich. Ripped that. He ripped that triple, dude. He ripped that. <laughs> like, like somebody said that he's like, "Oh, Yelich." Uh, somebody said like Yelich sucks or something like that, uh, or Yelich is so lost at the plate, and it's like he had a single and a triple last night, and the guy's like, "And three strikeouts." I'm like, "He had two hits and five at bats." That's 400 like give me that all day <laughs> what what do you want from him like, was, do you want him to have more home runs than games played like i don't gold goldschmidt just had a game against the brewers in the last series where he he struck out three times but his one hit because he was one for four was a run First at bat, he had a home run. The next three at bats, he had three strikeouts. You think Cardinals fans are over there being like, "Oh, screw Goldschmidt, he struck out three times." No, they're not doing that. And I understand he had a home run, but you know, Yelly had a triple and a single. He had two hits, so he had more hits than Goldschmidt did in his game. And they both still had the same strikeouts. number of bases too. Yeah, shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I saw somebody complain too that he only has one run driven in in his last fifteen games or whatever, and that's not Yelich's fault. Yelich can't force guys to be on base when he comes up to bat. Yeah. Um, RBI is kind of a misleading stat because it is so dependent on the guys in front of you getting on base. You you can't control guys getting on base in front of you. Um, so, you know, that's not really a good thing to try to criticize somebody for a lack of RBI when guys need to be on base in order for you to drive guys in. All right, you want to say anything else about last night? Uh, nah. It was right. one of those games. 
Let's do let's do the more fun part. This is going to be interesting because I think we're going to have different ones for each of these. I know we have a different position player, so I'll let you start with your position player. Right, back to back, man. Uh, like he's he's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I picked my boy Tyrone Taylor. Uh, he's playing really really well. Uh, part of the reason, uh, well, he went eight for twenty eight, so that's. 285 average over the last week. Uh, he has eight RBI, four runs scored, and two home runs. So he's seeing the ball. He's hitting the ball well. He's raised his batting average 10 points. So he went from 242 to 252. So he's starting to become a key contributor in this lineup and really kind of forcing the issue. It might just bat, you know, even if he's not playing because his defense isn't as good as Lorenzo Cain as people talk about. So you can't take Renfro's bat out of the lineup. You don't want to take Yelly because he's paid a lot of money, so he's paid to play. Um, so Tyler and Taylor might just force the issue here, honestly. You want to talk about a guy raising his batting average? All right, here we go. What you got? Omar Narvaez over his last four games has gone from 242 to 275. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Omar Narvaez is on a four-game hitting streak in the last week, has eight hits in his last four games, including two doubles and a triple, which you do not see out of catchers very often. Um, and Omar Narvaez isn't um, beating anybody in a foot race. That would be noteworthy. He'd probably beat Rowdy Telez, but um, doesn't say much. Um, but Omar Narvaez, four-game hitting streak, eight hits in the last four games and raise his batting average by 33 points over the last week. Wow, that's that's impressive. All right, All right. I went I went basic. I went Josh Hader. He right. just, he's just too that's good, fine. man. Um, that's fine. Him, him pitching twice in the same day, dude, is really what kind of put it over the top for me. I almost picked Ashby. I was very close. I was like, Ashby or Hader. That's not good. I, I figured, I figured. Um, I mean, Hader, three innings pitched, only two, oh, half of his hits on the season came this week, so two hits, um, one walk in the five Ks. Um, he now leads the league in saves uh, with 18 and 18 appearances. We talked about a 0.00 run average. So, I mean, Hader's been everything. The impressive thing was him coming off, you know, he, he pitched twice in one day, got two saves. And he came off of a very stressful situation outside of baseball, showed up the first day, and just started throwing strikes. <laughs> it's like, yep, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, just came back from a week off, and it's like, yeah, I throw 99. Yeah. What do you know about that? Wilson, <laughs> who? Right. right, dude? Yikes. Um, I went with Aaron Ashby. Jake said he was considering it. I did go with Aaron Ashby. Um, they got a whole bunch of stats. To go with Aaron Ashby. Um, it's one of the reasons Jake and I wanted to do the show is we like cool All stats, right. so we like sharing cool stats. Um, so for mm-hmm. pitchers, for the Brewers who have pitched more than 50 pitches in a game, called strike or whiff percentage, so that's swing and misses or called strike, um, top three on the season for the Brewers. Number one is Aaron Ashby on May 15th, 41.8% of his pitches were called strikes or swing and misses. Wow. May 29th, just a couple days ago when Corbin Burns was lighting it up, 39.4%. And 
Then you get to Aaron Ashby. 39.0% on Monday. So Aaron Ashby has two of the Brewers' highest three called strike slash um, swing and miss percentages of pitches um, for the Brewers so far this year. Um, With Aaron Ashby having his first career double-digit strikeout game, gave the Brewers nine for the season. Uh, The next closest is the Yankees with five. Corbin Burns has four of those um, because he's the Cy Young winner because he's nuts. Um, Going back to to Monday, um, Aaron Ashby threw the three fastest pitches that he's thrown this season, Um, 98, 98.4, and 98.7. Those are just career high, 98.7 miles an hour for Aaron Ashby. Um, According to to Brewers stats and updates on Twitter, he hadn't thrown over 98 yet this season. Then he did it three times on Monday, including the fastest pitch that he's thrown in his career. Love it. So looking at the two starts that Ashby had in the last week, uh, 11 and two-thirds innings, nine hits, five walks, and 17 strikeouts, and only one earned run. Damn, man. That is nasty. Out of your number six pitcher. Yeah. (laughs) Bro, he's just stepping up. I'm telling you, seeing him pitch like this is really just getting me excited about the future. But I want to appreciate now. I want to appreciate now. He's got to work on his walks a little bit. Um, He's kind of getting there. Um, He had a lot of uh, control struggles coming into his debut, which – I think he's gotten better at. I wouldn't say he's perfected it or, you know, he's, um, you know, 100% better. He's still got a little bit of work to do there, but he's working with five different pitches. That's a lot to keep under control, and he's doing it well. Yeah. Like, really well to the tune of 12 strikeouts in six innings. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, he's um, he's balling, man. I, oh, so excited. The, the Brewers are really building to be sustainably good for the foreseeable future. It's really exciting. Gotta love it, man. And I feel like all Wisconsin teams are kind of doing that, man. I feel like, you know, with ba- with Badgers basketball, they're always an NCAA tournament, which I don't want people to get used to that because it's not a normal thing. Because we are not a Duke mm-hmm. or North Carolina. So right. for us to just be getting these castaway guys and just continue to make the NCAA tournament is crazy in the best basketball conference in the country. You know, you got Badgers football, always consistently good. There's all good. We're getting younger on defense, building that defense. The Bucks, our superstar is seven feet tall and dunks on everybody. So screw the rest of the league. We're going to be good if we have that, that guy. And and he's 27. <laughs> yeah. And then, man, and he has two MVPs already, dog. And a finals MVP. Sheesh. That one's for my stepson. Um... And then we get to – I didn't do it right. If we had him down here, he'd be going crazy. And then you get to the Brewers, and they're just – the arms that this team has. And we're starting to get more and more bats. You know – Bro, there's some bats in the minors. Renfro is a really nice addition. McCutcheon with Amelia Thomas. I mean, Brewers can be really good, man. Brewers can be really, really good. That's all I'm going to say. I am, I am pre-excited for the 2025 Brewers outfield. Craziness. When does Yelly's contract it. end? Yelly's contract ends in 28? 
28? Okay. 28, 27. Okay. Um, so looking for what's next for the Brewers tonight. They play the Cubs again. Um, Jason Alexander, not the actor from Seinfeld, is making his first career start and making yeah. his MLB debut. Um, what I'm looking for, um, Jake's got some good stuff with Trevor with Jason Alexander, but I will let him. Yeah. I'll let him throw that out there before I before I move on. Um, so I just wanted to give people a little bit of update on him because I wanted to look some stuff up so we could get you familiar with him a little bit. Um, he is a California native, uh, made six appearances in the upper levels of the Miami farm system as he missed some time due to injury. He signed with us last December. Uh, um, spent some time in Nashville. So there has seven starts, nine outings. He has a two, six, four ERA. Uh, through 47 and two-thirds innings. So that's very, very solid. Uh, he has a 17.5 strikeout rate, which is below average. But expect a lot of ground balls, 63.3% yeah. ground balls, and only walks 6.3% of hitters. So yep. he's going back to that Hauser and what we used to say about Lauer role, where he just gets he just gets out. So at the end of the yep. day, if you get three outs and you get three outs and get three outs and people don't get on base and your team is winning, that's all we ask for you. We're not asking everybody to be Corbin. Burns, okay? There's only one Burns. He's on our team, thankfully. So, look for him to just, you know, control the strike zone and hopefully keep the ball on the ground. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be good. Um, after tonight's game in San Diego, the Brewers have four at home against San Diego. Uh, looks mm-hmm. like Adrian Hoser tomorrow, Burns on Friday, Ashby on Saturday, and then getting into Sunday. That's where it starts to get a little questionable. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of thinking Ethan Small might come back up and make another start. Okay. Um, so, you know, looking at Sunday, it could be um, – they could go lower um, or they could stick they could stick Ethan Small in there. Um, you know, they could roll with a, a rotation of Burns, Ashby, Lauer, Hauser, um, you know, and then just – make a spot start out of whoever, whether it be Ethan Small or Jason Alexander or um, a, or a bullpen day even, just to get through Brandon Woodruff's 15-day injured list. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Ethan Small is, is the guy that I would put there, um, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I think he's he's got the best stuff out of guys that are potentially filling in this role. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see them roll Suter out in that situation because he has experience as a starter. And you say, hey, Suter, can you give me three innings, four innings? And then you can turn it over to some middle relief guys. Um, I'd like to see Ethan Small get another shot, see him get another start. Um, But we'll see. There's going to be probably a lot of another, you know, another big chunk of moving pieces. Um, We'll see. But after that, Brewers have three games against the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, looking at injuries, so Freddie Peralta is going to be out for a while. Brandon Woodruff's on the third or the 15-day injured list. Um, Willie Adamas is rehabbing in Nashville. Um, what I did see uh, late last night was Hunter Renfro is at what they say 90%. Um, so Hunter Renfro is eligible to come back on Friday. So Keep an eye on Friday. Maybe Hunter Renfro gets activated. Maybe Mark Mathias gets sent back down. Um, Woodruff Bobblehead is on Sunday. That, you know, yeah. 
It is what it is. Willie Adamas was injured on his bobblehead day, so it is what it is. Um, you know, the thing is, Giannis won't be injured on his bobblehead day because that's in September, so we got that going. That's true. You know, those bastards, those bastards, they made that damn bobblehead day on NFL opening weekend. Those son of a bitches did that on purpose. And I'm like, oh, I want that bobblehead. But I, I, I live for the Packers, dude. So, like, I don't know <laughs> what to do in that situation. We'll have to figure that out. But, god damn it, I'm so mad at them. But yeah, they put that on, on football Sunday. They make a basketball player in a baseball jersey for the Wisconsin giveaway. <laughs> Bastards! <laughs> Bastards, man. I really want that bobblehead, though. It looks sick. Uh, that is awesome. Be nasty. Anyways. Giannis in a Brewers jersey. That's like one of the coolest things ever. And people... Alright. Yes. People still think he wants to leave Milwaukee. Yes. People still think he wants to leave Milwaukee. He talked to the Brewers. They didn't come to him. He went to the Brewers and was like, hey, can I get involved? And people still think that he wants to go to L.A. No. Like, no oh, my no. God. Did you, nope. Didn't you just see he, that the other day? Listen, listen, people know about that video, about him saying the Hollywood life isn't for me. And people still think he's going to go to L.A. because Darvin Ham went there. People still think no, that. Did you, hear, did you hear? This just happened the other day. This just happened the other day. He was eating out there at Disneyland or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was complaining about the prices. And then he was saying, mm-hmm. like, man, this is it's expensive to eat out here and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's for Giannis. Uh, Giannis is not a, a guy that, you know, I know he makes a lot of money, but, you know, he can't, you got to look at his background, man. And he didn't forget about that shit. You know, he's got his brother in his ear, his mom in his ear. Like, he didn't forget about that. He's not that kind of guy, dude. He just wants to be family-oriented. You know, might be the best, honestly. Darvin Ham got hired after he said that, that Hollywood isn't for me, and people still think he's going to go to L.A. Like, how desperate are you that, you know, I get that LeBron is on the Lakers and Anthony Davis is really good and Russell Westbrook has been good, Mm -hmm. but the Lakers, you know, they won their bubble championship in 2020. And they missed the playoffs this year after being in the play-in last year. Like, how desperate are you that you are just it's it's just like Yankees fans that thinking like every single player is theirs to trade for if they want like the the delusion that people have that people think that Giannis is going to go to LA when he is so deeply rooted in the city of Milwaukee and only talks about how much he loves it here not to mention that you know the last year of his contract is a $51 million player option. You really think he's turning that down? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I saw somebody say LA can offer him more. It's like, no, the fuck yeah. they can't. That's what the point of the Supermax contract is. It's for small market teams to keep their players. God. Yep. Google is, is a magical thing. All you have to do is look up what you think you're thinking and find out if what you're thinking is true before you say it on the internet. Tyler, Tyler, you want me to help you real quick? Fuck. That would require people to admit they're wrong, and they do not want to do that. Absolutely not want to do that. Do it before you say dumb shit. How about that? I get that that requires effort, but fuck, dude. Nah, man. 
And they, they would rather just look like idiots. idiots. <laughs> you, like, people, you know, people would rather say something and hope somebody doesn't question it than to actually look up what they're going to say before they say it. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. You know how many comments I scroll by, bro? Because I'm just like, what the fuck did I just read? Dude, it, like, you have a smartphone in your hand. I know you do because you're on Facebook. Smartphone dumb people. Smartphone dumb people. Oh, right? No shit. Like, and you know it's like I've been saying that for years. Like, just fact checked yourself before you post something. It's really not hard. Tyler, why would they do that? These are the same people. Ah, just never mind. I'm not gonna get personal, but I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't need my energy. I'm not gonna give energy to those idiots. You know, I go I on Bleacher. Know. I go on Bleacher Report quite a bit, actually. Uh, in the last month, I would say I go on there a lot more because I forgot about that app, really. But I go on there all the time, and I read the comments, and I'm just like, these are just practically insufferable, dude. They're they literally think this shit. <laughs> like, you can't see you can't see 50 comments of the same thing and be like, no, they're all trolling. There are idiots that actually believe some of the shit they say, and it is incredible that they have. They have the confidence, you know, and I said this the other day about uh, a show. Uh, I mean, you want me to name drop? You want me to name drop? I'll name drop. I don't care. You want me to name I don't drop? care. Okay. Wisconsin Sports Heroics is fucking trash, okay? <laughs> now we're doing it. I'm just going in. <sighs> I'm saying it now. They are fucking bait any of this, okay? I'm just sick and tired of this shit. You know, we saw an article the other day about a trade that apparently the Ravens are going to agree to, and I don't know what. Fucking system they're playing on, but they're clearly on Madden, and they clearly have forced trade on because there's no uh. goddamn way that trade is happening. But I'm just so sick and tired of people coming up with these stupid ass ideas, and then just being like, they either have no brain or they have gigantic nuts, dude. Because those are the only two options when you say stuff like that out loud. Like they wrote an article and put that shit out there too. Do you think that that was really going to fucking happen, dude? Like, now I'm getting kind of pissed off. I got to settle down. Are you serious with that trade, dude? That is bothering me to this day. <laughs> that so, was like three days ago, dude. The trade the trade that Jake is referencing was uh, a proposal of Mark Andrews and a fifth-round pick for Amari Rogers, uh, Robert Tunyon, and a third-round pick. No, it was a seventh, I think, wasn't it? No, it was a third. It was a uh, third? We would, okay. it would, the Packers would give up a third. Um, and get a fifth for Mark Andrews. Like, first of all, like, the Ravens are not trading Mark Andrews. Like, seriously. He's like, like literally, it's it's just, it's clickbait is what it is. Um, you know, as, as Jake and I with, with Simon and Bryant get more, um, posts and stuff going for the Wisco Confidential blog that we're doing, which you'll be able to find on Wisco Ball's, um, site. And, you know, we'll share the posts on our, on the Wisco Fanatics page as well, so people can read that. Is we want to, we really, really want to prioritize having higher quality content, even if it means getting less people to look at our stuff. We're not going to just put out a title of you know what happens if the Packers traded for Debo Samuel and DeAndre Hopkins at the same time, like just to get people to click on shit. That's not that's not what we want to do. So with our, you know, with our blog posts, they're going to be, you know, 
They're going to be a little farther between. They're going to be higher quality. They're going to be different stuff than you find everywhere else because we don't want to do the same thing as everybody else. It's the same way we approach our show. We don't want to do the same thing that you find from from the IKE podcasts or from um, you know stuff that like Andy Herman does. Andy Herman does a great show, his Pack-A-Day show. It's mm-hmm. great content. His is very analytical. Mm-hmm. Jake and I hope to be a little more entertaining. And like, like Jake and I, we, we want to put optimism on everything. Um, and it, you know, in addition to us being, you know, discussing the Brewers and the Bucks and the Badgers on top of the Packers, um, upcoming Packers season, we are going to do the Packers on their own on Friday nights. So that will be a little bit different, but, um, it's still going to be very similar to the show we do now. It's just going to be separated so that you don't have to watch a three and a half hour show on a Wednesday. You can watch a one and a half hour show on Wednesday and a one and a half hour show on Friday and not have to sit for three hours with us. Um, yeah. Not that I don't doubt that some of you would, because we have some we have some really awesome fans of our show, some really diehard fans. Um, but you know, we we really want to prioritize the quality of what we're doing, and that's why it frustrates Jake and I when people just say stuff on the internet without looking up to see if what they're saying is actually factual. Um, you know, it costs you zero dollars to search on the internet to find out if what you're saying is true. Yeah, it's well, you have to pay your phone bill. So, I mean, there's that. Well, but yeah. I'm just going to say, man, Tyler, you talked about how we want to be optimistic, and that is absolutely true. And we are spreading positive vibes because, you know, like you said last week, it costs $0 to be nice to people. So, you know, just be nice and be respectful. But at the same time, we also want to be realistic. What I freaking love, Mark Andrews. Yeah, of course. I'm not a moron. We're not getting Amari Rodgers, who barely played, a tight end who's going to play half this season on a one-year contract, and a third-round pick. That's just not happening. None of that is happening. And then the worst part is we're getting a freaking pick in return. What? No. No. And none of that was okay. Absolutely 0% of that what you just proposed is happening. 0% of that. Zero. Seriously. And it's, it's bothering the hell out of me that people come up with this bullshit and then just put it out there. You know... Uh, I'm so excited for this Wisco confidential blog, dude. I am like, I want us to do one like every fucking day. I do. But I understand that that's not feasible. Maybe one day it will be. But, you know, last night we just picked our next topic. I'm not going to drop it yet because I'm very excited for it to come out. But I'm going to get started on that tonight when I get my alone time. But, dude, I just think our stuff is going to be a thousand times better. Seriously. Because we're actually... Quality-wise, yes. we're, We're actually realistic. We actually look stuff up i mean brian and simon are a thousand times better yep. than any writer that they've had and they have zero writing experience i mean grammatically i'm not the greatest but i feel like i like that i was a hundred times better tyler's got freaking out at everything he's just going crazy <laughs> man tyler tyler is the leader in all this man if, if nobody knows tyler's just leading the way just chugging us along and he's just like listen guys I'm doing this 10,000 things and I'm asking you to do one. So come on, let's go. I'm just like, okay, I'll just come with you. So with that being said, again, Wisconsin Sports Heroics is fucking trash. I'm sick and tired of the clickbait. And I'm good now. I'm good. I'm good now. I am relaxed. I got everything out that I needed to say. I'm, good. I'm, I'm glad we get your, your therapeutic bro, you know, your time actually, to get your rant out. Bro, I was actually pissed. When I saw that, I was like, there's no well, fucking well, So, the thing with... Okay, like, I can understand why you get so mad. 
it's because you want people to spend, you know, Packers fans specifically in this situation, to spend their time viewing quality content. Like somebody spent five minutes reading that article that like they could have just spent five minutes staring at concrete and gotten, you know, better for their life. No, do, do you know do you know what my my actual problem with it is? This is my actual problem, Tyler. We have a goal of helping people, right? Looking at viewing things differently, correct? So we we spend all this time trying to help people like, "Oh no, this is not going to happen." Okay, look at it this way. Look at it, look at it this way. And Wisconsin Sports Heroics, which is actually a pretty big page, comes out with this trash article and now they're like, "Oh, I read this." So now now all those people that read that are like, oh, Packers interested in talking to Mark Andrews because those people don't do research. And then you just end up with thousands more people making dumbass comments that me and you are trying to clean up. So really what they're doing is just making more mess. <laughs> That's how hey, I look at you it. Know, you know what it is? Is It's going to keep us relevant because then we can say, hey, you know, we know they said this, but listen, here's the reality. Yeah. yeah I don't Mark know. Andrews is not being traded. Like, no. Honestly, I think the Ravens would have a really tough time trying to decide to keep Mark Andrews or Lamar Jackson. Honestly, like that would be a tough call for them. Um, they literally traded their only other pass catcher from last season to the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah now they're going to trade Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is going to get a thousand targets this season. Oh, 100%. That man, I'm taking him in fantasy, bro. He's, oh, I mean, like, he was already, like, the number four tight end last year. Like, he was creeping up into that that top tier of tight ends with Kittle, um, Kelsey, and and Darren Waller. Um, Wouldn't, and and with Devontae Adams in Vegas this year, uh, wouldn't not shock me at all for Mark Andrews to hop over Waller. Um, And depending on the age of Kelsey and the durability of Kittle, no, it wouldn't shock me at all for Mark Andrews to be the best tight end in football this year. Oh, absolutely not. He's got that talent, too. They split him and out. He's, he's going to be hyper-targeted, too. Like, Mark Andrews, he's not getting traded. Like it, it shouldn't have even crossed somebody's mind to think to put that out there for other people to read. Um, you know, and, and Brian is already commenting in here. He said if they want to give us an elite 26-year-old tight end for <laughs> hey, peanuts, Brian, I'll take Brian, it. I'm with you, I'm, I'm um, with you bro. Yeah, I mean, if they would take a second-year wide receiver that only played on special teams and, you know, a, a tight end and a one-year contract coming off of an ACL injury in exchange for a third-round pick for a fifth-round pick, basically. Like, what? Yeah, so sign me up 100 out of 100 times, but it's not happening. It's just not <laughs> happening. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, man. I just – I'm all... – over it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm at it. <laughs> Man, he went crazy on us, too. He was abusing our defense. He's too big for everybody. And fast for other people. He's a monster, bro. Yeah. Point blank period. He's a monster. He's a straight up stud. He's easily top five. Might be top. I might pick him over Walter because he actually blocks. He's on a running team. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's. Like does so, I'm overall not, tight end? Not all at it if you want to put him in the top three. Hundred percent. And you know what? If you add the age factor into it, 
easily could be one of the top, you know, best tight end in the league when yeah. you add age because Kelsey's yeah. in, on the wrong side of 30 now, you know. So, and Kittle, you yeah. know, you, you mentioned the durability issues. He's already been injured a couple times. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Mark Andrews is a stud. So, we're just not, we're just not getting him for that. And, you know, Mark Andrews is what Lions fans want TJ Hawkinson to be. Hawkinson is experiencing some of those dirty or durability issues as well. I can see that actually. That was actually a very good. That was good. That was good. I'm, I, I'm smart once in a while. I mean, you've, <laughs> we've already given you a couple couple to back to your own horn, so. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, you gave me a bunch of credit for for the stuff that we're working on, so I appreciate that. It doesn't go my notice, buddy. I promise. <laughs> um, one thing I will say is, aside from the Yelich complaints that I saw yesterday, it was refreshing to not have to hear about people whining about the Brewers' offense for the last week. Um, that is refreshing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a situation where people are always going to find something to complain about, and hopefully that's something that Jake and I can try to change people's perspective on. Mm-hmm. Um Packers aren't going 17 and all. I'm going to yep. tell you right now. Sorry. Um, the Brewers are already not going 162 and all. And I'm going to tell you right now when the Bucks start their season, they're not going 82 and all. Nope. No, they are not. Teams are going to lose sometimes. And to, you know, the knee jerk overreactions to trade everybody, fire this guy, trade everybody, fire this guy. It, it's, it's, gotta go away you just gotta take a step back and change your perspective a little bit come at it with some optimism you might like it you might you might find out that it feels good to not have you know all of those negative mindsets bringing you down all the time that's what jake and i want to do yeah so that said in the month of may the brewers were seventh in runs per game 4.86 ninth in ops at 720 and second in home runs per game at 1.37. Um, the Brewers' offense, they just need to get their strikeouts down, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, even with injuries hanging over their head, uh, mm-hmm. they became the, the team in the majors with the most home runs, more than the Yankees now. And the Yankees, uh, they've been criticized for playing in a Little League ballpark, but they also have a lot of really, really big, strong guys. So, I mean... Having more than the Yankees, being close to the Yankees or Dodgers in any stat in baseball is always going to be a good thing because they just have the most money and they spend the most. They have the biggest stars. So for the Brewers, you know, little Brewers and little old Milwaukee, being close to the to L.A.s and the New Yorks, that shows me something, man. Shows me that we're doing stuff right. Yeah, and it's it's a team effort. It really is. Um, Rowdy Telez has the most home runs on the team with 10, and the Brewers has 70 yeah. as a team. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and the Brewers are, I think, they're fifth in slugging percentage. So we're getting just there, man. Get the, just need to get that batting average up and the strikeouts down. Yep, getting there, getting there. All right, buddy. <sighs> all right, man. Now that we got all of our rants out. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I'm back to nice guy mode. Um, I'm going to say this every week now since Tyler said it last week. It costs zero dollars to be nice to people. So. Well, let's just let's spread kindness. Let's spread optimism. Let's just treat people like people, man. You know, treat people with respect. And I am going to wear that saying now, probably for the rest of my life. Let's treat people like people and cost zero dollars to be nice. And I'm going to spread that to my kids. And we're going to see what happens. And hopefully, the world just becomes a better place. 
Yeah, and it's you know it's um it's a thing where you know respect goes a long way. I understand that you know a lot of well, people want to give it before they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, here's the thing: I saw somebody post this. You know that they they're appreciative that there's a group that they're in that they can have discussions and disagree with people and not have it get to a point where you're just calling each other idiots and clowns and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I can I said this because I can have a a debate with any person from any fan base as long as there's respect involved. I love that. That's what I love about talking sports with people is if there is respect and, you know, at least some knowledge involved, or if I say something that, you know, is a a valid point to to the contrary of what somebody else says, and they say something like good point instead of just saying, oh, you probably don't watch baseball, which dealt with yesterday. You, you You must not watch football because the person said that Aaron Rodgers hasn't shown up for a playoff game since 2010, which is clearly not the case. All you had to do was use Google, and you can find out that there's like three games out of his last four playoff games that he threw for over 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. But, you know, it only, you know, the only games that matter was the next comment, and then it's, you know, apparently only the games that they lose are the ones that matter. So, um, you know, whatever it is that people feel they need to justify their thoughts instead of just saying, you know what, you're right, I'm wrong, good point. Um, it is what it is. Um, yeah, and James, and you know, the thing that it is is that um, wins, like pitchers, should not be a track stat for quarterbacks. I 100%. I don't know why it is. Well, if, I, if you're I, a quarterback they, and, you, and you throw for 100 and 89 drive sit out there. Say you throw zero touchdowns and four picks, but your defense plays amazing and you win three to zero. That quarterback gets a win, dude. Yeah. He did nothing. He did it's the nothing. same. Like, um, I listened to a book called Smart Baseball, and dudes could have like 15 wins in a season, but like a 586 ERA just because he gets a lot of run support. Yeah, and look at Woodruff last year. Look at Woodruff. He finished, yeah, he finished fifth in Cy Young voting. With like a, I think he had like a 285 ERA, but he was like three and eight or something like that. I can find it, but. Um, yeah, but like... James, to answer your question, who am I going for in the finals? Honestly, it doesn't affect me either way. I got Warriors in six. I know you were expecting that. The Warriors just have too much shooting. Um, I believe their experience in the finals will make a difference. And. It match the Celtics for, for hitting threes. Also, their pressure defense is going to be a little bit like like Miami. They're not going to be shooting open threes like they did against the Bucks. Uh Draymond's going to have everybody in the right position. I'm interested to see Draymond position. guarding they Tatum. Gary Payton, I believe. I haven't paid attention to basketball a lot, but Tatum Tatum will be the X Factor, but the, the, the Warriors have three shooters, man. And you get two out of three of them on on a day. You're not winning that game. I'm sorry. It's just it is what it is. I have Warriors in six. I do think the Celtics will put up a good fight, though. All right, man. You got anything else you want to throw out there? No, man. I'm good. All right. All right, everybody. Try to try your best to find the quality content. We will continue to try putting out the best quality content that we can. Yes, sir. Um, get ready for our next article. Be out by next Wednesday. Let's do it. Yes, it will. Peace out. All righty, man. See you next week.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.